Welcome to Pilot Season, the program that looks at the first episode of television programs. Every week, our panel of experts reviews both comedy and drama shows. If you're a fan of classic comedies such as Gilligan's Island, Married with Children, and The Honeymooners, or newer classics such as Lost, The Sopranos, The X-Files, and Breaking Bad, this is the place. Every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern, this program is simulcasted on both Facebook and YouTube, which allows the viewers to be a part of the fun. And now, here are your hosts of Pilot Season. Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Pilot Season. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm so happy to be here. I am joined by my wonderful and beautiful and talented co-host. And we're going to start off with the ladies first. We have Tori, who gets all the glory. What's up? What's up? How are you? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Good. We have Renee, who is just wonderful every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> and we have Jen, who always wins. I'm really super glad you didn't say lives in a pig pen, because that's where I thought you were going. I'm so excited to be in this episode, guys. I'm... I, you know what? I didn't just watch this episode once. I actually watched it twice in preparation because this is my favorite pilot. So super excited. All right. All right. Yeah. And last but definitely not least, Olaf, who never takes a day off. There you go. That's right. <laughs> it's like work every day. I was like, this should be a good show tonight because yeah, the, the Sopranos is a. That's a that's a good episode. Should be fun. All right. So before we get into our show, the name of the show is called The Sopranos. So the question is, what is your singing voices? Uh, we'll start off with you, uh, Renee. Are you a soprano or are you an alto? Yes and yes. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on who I'm singing with. <laughs> uh -huh. If you sing with me, what are, what are you? Everything. What What would your singing voice be? Soprano, alto, baritone? Oh, I'm, a, I'm alto. Alto? Yeah, all the way. Yep. Okay. Uh, and what about you, Jen? What would your singing voice be? Uh, generally off key, I think. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, we're the same. We're the same, actually. Uh, hey, what about you, Olaf? Well, I think for the most part, I'm baritone. 
<laughs> sometimes, sometimes alto. Every once in a while, soprano. <laughs> I guess it depends if you're kicked in the balls, right? <laughs> yeah, then I sound like this. <laughs> sound like All a truck right. driver. This, this fire. Uh, uh, you know, I, you know, it's funny. Everybody made this same mistake in the when the show was announced. They thought it was about some singers. Even the cast. Yeah, really? The oh cast God. thought that the, when they got the scripts, they were like, oh, this is about some opera singers or something. You know. <laughs> you know, you know but um, no. Then they write it and they're like, oh. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Completely so, off key. I'll give a little <laughs> background about the show. The show was written, uh, this episode was written and directed by David Chase, who is the creator of the series uh david chase fantastic writer uh had been around for quite a while he uh i believe he worked on um uh picket fences was the show he did was very different uh you know and uh i want to say matlock or one of those type of shows uh someone can correct me in the chat uh uh so so he actually wanted to he wanted always to get in the film so he wrote the Sopranos because this is based on his relationship with his mother. His mother is in fact the mother from uh, the show, not the actress, but uh, his mother, he basically, all of her dialogue is stuff that his actual mother says. So his, his wife gave him the idea, you should do a show about you and your mother. And, you know, so the first idea was going to be something about a TV producer and his mother but he felt like no nah, that's kind of weak so he changed it to a mafia boss and his mother and so the, that's what the basis of the show is is really about him and his mom uh and he tried to get it made into a film and then it it, it um went to fox for it to be on a tv show so this show came close to being on fox fox had it but then they let it go and then it went to hbo and there you have it. So um, the star of the show is the great, the late great James Gandolfini, who y'all gonna laugh at this. So James Gandolfini, who plays Tony Soprano, mm -hmm. I was aware of him because I he was a character actor in a bunch of stuff before. Yeah. Don't laugh at me. I thought he was Russian. <laughs> because he, I didn't know his name, right? And he played uh, a Russian, he played a Russian in uh, this uh, Charlie Sheen movie, uh, Terminal Velocity. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, it's so funny when you look at it now. The accent was terrible, but yeah. as a young person, it was like, I was like, oh, that's a perfect Russian accent. I thought the guy was a Russian. So when the show was uh, announced. And they were showing the cast, and I saw James Gandolfini, which I didn't know his name. Um, and I'm like, why they got a Russian guy playing the mafia guy? <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, Russian mafia. That's then funny. I, and I found out that no, he's in fact very much Italian. And uh, you know, and and you know what though, I've seen him in other stuff, and he plays he plays a a, a mafia guy like. Oh, oh, he's in like four different things that I've seen him in. Yeah. Well, so, 
yeah, he comes off as a mafia guy when he's not playing a mafia guy. Yeah, he does. He could be a school, uh, a, a third grade teacher, and he sounds like <laughs> he's like a mafia guy, you know, and, with the suit and everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, he never wanted to play a mafia guy ever because hmm. he oh didn't want to get typecast. Yeah. But, uh, oh wow, that so turned good. out really good for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, work, work, worked quite well for him. Yes, it did. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he's really like a hippie type guy. Uh, he was like a real hippie type dude, you know, a very nice guy. Yeah, you uh, know, in all of his interviews, he's so under, uh, under, not understated. What's the word I'm looking for? He's very, he's so easy and casual and actually really nice. Yeah, you'd, uh, he's such a, uh, he's such the polar opposite from the character that he even plays in the pilot of Sopranos that it's almost hard to reconcile. Like it just gives you this glimpse into what an actual fabulous actor he is because he just slips into that skin so well. Yeah, he, he's a fantastic actor, and it you know um, the perfect choice. I think they they said they wanted somebody that was more um, that was more recognizable or something. I think they wanted uh, Ray Liotta, and um, oh, Ray Liotta didn't want to Ray Liotta didn't want to do it. So oh, I'm so glad um, they didn't. I'm so glad they didn't go with him. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, really I mean no offense to Ray Liotta. Yeah, right. no offense to Ray Liotta. I just feel like the whole the whole series would have been different, right? Would have been different, oh, yeah. yeah. Much different, you know. Uh mm. so they, they wanted Ray Liotta. They wanted um uh other famous more famous Italian actors. And uh but when they saw him, they knew it was he was the guy, you know. Yeah. And and you can see why. I mean the guy oozes um just charisma and you know i mean i've i don't know if there's a, a better cast it character uh, i don't know if a show's ever been has a better some i hear Timothy in someone's background yeah sorry i'm sorry uh, i can uh, i can stop it hold on <laughs> uh, yeah so, uh, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen someone who's more perfectly cast than uh, James Gandolfini. I mean, he's definitely in the top uh, of perfectly casted characters. So, um, before we get in deep into the show, we got to talk about the iconic intro to the show. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember when I, I was just telling Olaf before the show. When I saw this intro the first time, and that song starts kicking in, woke up this morning, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I thought this was the coolest. What a just the intro was like. What a cool intro! Yeah, it was like the intro is, and it never gets tiring. Like I've seen it a hundred million times, and I've never. I, it's one of the few intros that I don't skip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's like it's something about it gets you pumped up for the episode. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you know, it's just something about that song. Westworld does that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta West, Westworld. I don't. I don't remember the uh, intro for Westworld. The, but, uh, they show how they put the people together and. Mm, I gotta. Uh, I mean, I've saw it. I saw the first season, but uh, I gotta remember that. But um, no, but uh, yeah, it's and then so. 
uh, a little behind the scenes story about the theme song. So the theme song, okay, so David Chase. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Can I, can I say one thing real quick? Just before I forget, because sure. I know I'll forget. So in that opening, show that picture again of the opening mm -hmm. where you had that. Okay, so one of the reasons that I always loved this is because it is absolutely what The Sopranos is all about, which is oftentimes smoke and mirrors. Everything mm. is smoke and mirrors. And I love that very first, that picture that you just had up, where it's basically like him sort of in the mirror with the smoke coming up from his cigar, it, because it's just the perfect metaphor for what The Sopranos is always all about. So, sorry, I just had to say that. Oh, no, no, great. That, that was great. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so David, so they shot the whole first season before they shot the intro. So now oh, wow. it's getting close to the time where they needed to have an, the opening. And what happened was uh, they didn't have a theme song. Oh, no. And um, David Chase was in his car driving and he was listening to some radio station in New York. And that song popped in, popped on. And it was a very, the song was not like a hit, a huge hit song. He didn't, he didn't even find out who sung it or anything. But the minute he heard it, he knew that was the theme. So he, he had to contact the radio station and said, around this time, you played this song. And they told him what the song was. And the song is by a group called Alabama 3. The funny thing about Alabama Three is they're not from Alabama. They're a Brit they're a British rock group. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh funny. And uh so um they secured the rights to it, right? And uh, I saw this interview because there's this great podcast called I think it's called Talking Sopranos, uh with uh, Michael Imperioli and Tony Sirico. I think that's how you say his name, or Sirippa, Sharippa. Or not Tony Sharippa, uh, Stephen Sharippa, sorry. Um, and uh, he interviewed the lead for Alabama 3. And he, so he talked about the origin of the song. And the song is about a real life story that happened in England where a woman who was being abused by her husband uh, woke up one morning, got herself a shotgun and blew her abuser away. Ooh. And that's what the, the song is talking about. Wow. Okay. So, which is interesting is it? It's a song about a woman getting revenge on her abusive husband, <laughs> but it becomes the theme it song. Of with the it becomes yeah. a theme song of an abusive husband, which is uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the irony. You know? And, and uh, so the group, the, the the guy from Alabama Three said in this interview that. Um, they really had no, you know, they sold the rights or whatever to be on the show, but they said it was on some cable show. And at the time, cable shows weren't that big of a deal. And uh -huh. they, they really didn't, you know, they, they were in England and the show hadn't premiered in England. So they didn't really know what it was. And they started noticing that when they would do their shows, they got so much more uh, like, you know, cause they weren't like a huge group. So many people would come to see their shows and stuff. And uh, so then they were like, you know, they thought it was kind of strange. So they came out to America. This was after the show had already premiered. And they saw billboards everywhere, The Sopranos. And that's when they realized this is like a big deal. Like, you know, they had no idea for a year that their show was, their song was connected 
Oh, to, that's so uh, cool. Yeah. So, and they said that it was a love hate at first because that you know they had done that song a couple of years earlier. They enjoyed the the fame they got from it, and then they got got to a point where. It, it was like okay, they had to perform it every time, and you know, and and then they'd been they were you know so connected to the show, but he said it was around the time James Gandolfini passed away, where they thought of he had they they thought about it again, and like they realized it was how much of an honor it was to have it connected to such a great show. So now Aww. they play, they play it more with pride now. Mm. Uh, then you know I can understand getting tired of a song you know that they didn't even think is one of their better songs. Uh, you know uh, I've heard some of their other songs. It is their, you know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's funny. You know, then you know I've heard this stuff wasn't bad, but it was that's really good. <laughs> so, uh, but I wanted to throw that in there a little bit about the theme song uh, and that's the awesome. Yeah, that is that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, if you want more information like that, uh, check out the Talking Sopranos podcast, which ran for about two years, and they had everybody from the show. Everybody besides No Joe Pontiano. Is that how you say his name? Mm. Pontiano. Uh, the one, Joey Pants. Uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> didn't, uh, he didn't do it. Uh, and the, the gay mafia guy didn't do it. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that storyline. Uh, and I think one, I'm talking about the people who are alive. Obviously, they can't have the dead. Uh, do, do. Are you sure? That's a different show. That's The Walking Dead. Right, right, right. We have a podcast about that one too. Right, right. So, okay, so I I'll probably pepper in some stuff that I learned about the show through the throughout. Uh, one thing I will say is, um, uh, we talked. Well, let's talk about Tony Soprano, and then I'll get into some of that other stuff. Uh, all right, so we'll we're gonna start off with you know we'll start off with Olaf. Um, I didn't do it. I, <laughs> I see Olaf as kind of a Tony Soprano type guy, you know, <laughs> big family guy, you know, tough guy, you know. Uh, you know, do you see any Tony Soprano <laughs> Olaf? Uh, yeah, sort of, maybe. Probably not. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm Good probably gonna, Good I'm, I'm too nice. So yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so what was your thoughts of Tony Soprano in this episode specifically? Well, it's like you know, I've I've watched The Sopranos uh, off and on. You know, I didn't watch every episode, but I don't remember seeing this one until I just watched it, and I thought this was awesome. It really sets the sets the tone for the whole series. And, you know, that uh, it's like he they picked the, the right person to play Anthony Soprano. Mm -hmm. Yes, they did. He just, he just he was he was Tony Soprano. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Jen? Uh, your thoughts on Mr. Soprano? Um. So, first of all, I mean, we talked a little bit about casting and. I definitely think he was perfectly cast. But secondly, I got to say, you know, and this is this is not now because I have a very long appreciation for the show. But when I first saw the beginning episode, 
I was so unconvinced that they were going to make this into anything serious. That I mean, like uh, Tony mm-hmm. Soprano in the first episode feels so schmuckish. Just <laughs> like, oh my god, really? This is the guy that's the mafia boss? Right. I, it funny. it just blew me away that that this was sort of the. Uh, like, oh yeah, here's, this is the guy. Like, I actually almost expected it to start being funny. Um, <laughs> I, and, I, and I'm and i saying all of this, like that was the very first impression I have of it. As I go back and I rewatch it, I have this like new fat, first of all, he's such a baby. Oh my God, that picture is so adorable. <laughs> um, because he aged so much during, you know, yeah. all the subsequent seasons, right? Um, and there's, there is this naivete that exists in the in the pilot that is just so wonderful and refreshing because it harkens you back to the days before you remember all of the other stuff that happens in all the seasons and you can really see that they were setting stuff up in this beautiful way with him like he is so much the center of the sopranos lots of stuff happens around it but tony is He's the soul of the Sopranos. And I feel like when I watch the pilot, I, I can totally see that. I really can. So I, I, again, I thought it was supposed to be, I thought it was supposed to be like a loser. And then, yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Renee, um, you know what? Uh, just because you're a, a woman doesn't mean that you can't have some Tony Soprano on you. Do you have a little Tony Soprano on you? Do you uh... may here and there? <laughs> if you if you take me to that point, I'm sure I have a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Mr. Soprano? Uh, I didn't remember. I know I've seen the pilot before, watching it this time, but mm-hmm. I didn't remember it. I didn't re- remember it starting. You know, like in the in the therapist's office. So, mm-hmm. um, so I guess it was good that I did see it, uh, see the pilot again. To get used to the show again, because I, you know, I've watched the show not every episode, but, but yeah, and I've kind of like what Jen said, he seems kind of like soft, <laughs> you know, at first, and not, I guess, to, as the show went on, he's completely different to me. So yes, yeah, yeah. so I, I guess you got to see him grow, you know, into his, his role as the boss. Hmm. Uh. Oh, just uh, before we get to Tori, um, I did rewatch this show. Uh, I guess it was about a couple months ago. Uh, I rewatched the whole series. It was whenever the um, the prequel movie came out. Mm-hmm. After I saw it, I said, you know, let me rewatch the series. And I had so much fun because I hadn't seen it since they first aired. And I had so much fun rewatching it. It was a blast. I was actually kind of sad when it got to the end. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, it was like, I had so much fun rewatching it. I mean, it it was uh it was just a blast. You know, I, maybe in another ten years I'll do it again. But uh, but uh, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun rewatching it. Uh, what about you, Tori? Uh, I know you got a lot of Tony Soprano in you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe yes, a little bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> What was, what was your take on his character in this first episode? You know, I, I want to say that the whole series is great. And for the reasons that we actually get to get into the mafia right. world, you know, it's so realistic. 
he's such a good character. He's it, it's it's just amazing. Like I think he if if he didn't do this series, if somebody else did it, I think it would. I don't think it would be as good as it was. No, no, I I agree with you on that. Um, now I do have a warning. Um, that before we continue on with uh, we'll look at some more characters. Uh, and to give you to kind of just let you know, uh, the warning. Now, I know what you may be thinking when it comes to the warning that I'm going to give you is I'm going to warn you about the nudity. I'm going to warn you about the violence. I'm going to warn you about the, the maybe the, uh, the profanity. Actually, that's not where the warning is going to come from. And I'm trying to get, uh, uh, I'm trying to give an example so I can uh, tell you what this warning is. Uh, the warning is if you watch this show and um, let's say you watch the show and you're on an empty stomach, that might be a problem because these mofos eat all the time on this show. Oh, God, yeah. Every other scene, these guys are eating. They're eating. They go from one eating from one meal to the next meal. And it's just constantly eating, drinking. That's probably why he gained so much weight during the show. From <laughs> after the week. I mean, you know, he was not a little guy before. And, uh, I mean, they're always at a restaurant. They're always uh, eating cold cuts. They're always, you know, it's just, you know, what, what is the, the gabagool, you know, <laughs> they're always talking about. They're constantly eating on this show. So if you are hungry, don't watch The Sopranos. <laughs> Because uh, Renee will tell you that. Uh, I, I think the first what ten minutes they were at four places eating. <laughs> yeah, and and then it's good food too. It's not I just know. Like junky food. It's right. like oh yeah, I I definitely want to eat that now. <laughs> and, and I remember um, uh, they were talking about uh, James Gandolfini because you know once you eat on the show, right? You gotta you got to. Um, keep doing it over and over right <laughs> so because they got to get sometimes they got to <laughs> chew it over and over so sometimes you'll get like full like super full because you got <laughs> you know for the continuity so if you notice james gandolfini what a great actor if you notice that when he eats a lot of times he paws around with his food a lot yeah and that's a trick that he he developed so that he wouldn't have to keep eating something over and over and over. You see him, he just he just you know he misses mixes yeah. around with the fork. So that's his little uh, that's his uh, <laughs> little actor trick. So, <laughs> so uh, pretty funny. That's pretty uh, good. All right, so let's talk about this young lady, um, <laughs> Camilla, who is Tony Soprano's wife, who. Uh, uh, played by the great Edie Falco. Uh, all right, so Tori, uh, what was your take on on um, Mrs. Soprano over here? She is such a good housewife. Like, she's the epitome <laughs> of like a New Jersey, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, 
Italian person, you know, they're very, very proud of their Italian heritage, you know, and mm-hmm. they, and, and she is so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, she's so okay with everything. Like, I love her. Yeah, she's like okay with everything. Like, <laughs> like, and and it, you wouldn't think by looking at her that she would be like that, you know? Like, right. so yeah, that's what I that's what I think about her. She's a good, she's a great actress too. She yeah. was in another thing. Uh, well, she was, was in Nurse Jackie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was afterwards, but before that, she was on the TV show Oz. Oh she yeah, oh, that's Oz. right. Yeah, yeah Oz. I forgot about that. Yeah, she left Oz to do The Sopranos. Oh, so. that's another one we should definitely do as a pilot. Oh right. yeah, oh yeah, love that yeah. show. That's a great show. Yeah. Great show. <laughs> great show. So, uh, Renee, what was your your thoughts on um, on Mrs. Soprano over here? Oh, she's housewife, but she's she's I like her as a mom also because she's not. She doesn't take any crap <laughs> from her kids, so I, and especially because they're teenagers, they're older. I think they're both teenagers then, um, but they're, um, you know, she doesn't take the, you know, how teenagers can try you all the time. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. That doesn't well, matter. So I do. I like her character as a mom. But of course, me and you, we never did that with our <laughs> parents. <laughs> of course not. Never. Uh, now, this this scene right here was hilarious. Where she comes yeah. out with the AK forty seven. Oh my god! About and to then, take her daughter out. Yeah, and Meadows like, oh, I'm just checking the window, make sure it was all right. Oh my god! <laughs> Do we have any putty? <laughs> that is so uh, funny. So funny. All right, Jen, what is your take on uh, uh Carmella? Uh, Okay, so um, I'm going to tell you just a really quick anecdote. Mm-hmm. Um, so forever in a day, I thought that I was Italian. Um, and then, of course, thanks to 23andMe for, you know, ruining my life. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. I didn't really ruin my life, but it confirmed something that I had thought all along, right? Um, and so actually, I'm not Italian at all. I mean, I have like a, a tiny bit of Italian in me. Um, but what was funny about that was I, I didn't know that forever and ever and ever. And when I first started watching The Sopranos, I swear to God, I felt exactly like her. I mean, maybe not married to Tony Soprano, but I had that same exact feeling like this is the way that you raise your kids. This is this is the suburban mom kind of feeling. And I loved that. I can remember looking around their house and thinking, what can I do to make my house look like that? That, mm-hmm. th- t- See, that to me is like, that's when you know that you've made it. Uh, when you feel like you want to emulate the characters that you're watching, man, then they definitely did a good job. And I mean, just look at her, right? She's always so... One of the things that I love about her, is even in the pilot, is she always looks so put together. She yeah. always yeah. looks like, even if she's like just out of doing something crazy, she always looks like she's one step away from being just absolutely perfect. Yeah. I, I truly, truly loved that. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's pretty awesome. Uh, Olaf. She would be the kind of mom 
that you definitely don't want to piss off. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, she just, you know, she doesn't take any crap from them. You know, it's like she's not going to put up with it and like going, yep, nope, you're done. That's it. Get out. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, coming out with a, it's like walking out with an AK because she heard a noise outside. <laughs> what are you doing up there? Okay. Yeah, but, and like Jim said, she's always, it's like when you see her, she's always, uh, it's, it's always put together. She's always, the, the, whatever she's wearing is not, um, you know, it's just, you know, just a good look. I mean, it's always, uh, I, it's like she's the perfect soccer mom almost. And would, you know, run you over with the van if she did, you didn't like it, you know? So. <laughs> I, I, could, I could see Tori in the same situation, but not with the AK, but with the katana. <laughs> also, also, I would you be know, a great. I would be a great, great mafia boss's wife. I'll tell you that. I would. I would fit in. I would go. The, I would go the distance to fit in with these people. <laughs> So, it, so Tori, are you are you auditioning for the role of instead of like a sugar daddy, uh, a mafia daddy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Where's the ad for that? Where's the ad for that? You know, you know what? One other thing about uh, about her in particular is she is also I feel like the she is the right mom to have for kids who are being brought up in the mafia because yeah. right and but I, I i i'm so glad i'm not the only one that saw that because i i feel like if those kids if meadow hadn't had her as a mom oh my god i can't even imagine in the series what would have happened to her yeah right all right so like uh, oh go ahead like i said then there was that small she was the mom yeah i don't want to get messed with I don't care if dad gets mad at me, but if mom gets mad at me, mm -mm, right. nope. It's like I'm yep. packing bags and leaving, you know. Yep. <laughs> now, uh, Jen, um, we got to talk about Dr. Melfi. Now, <laughs> uh, Dr. Melfi, uh, Lauren Bronco, they actually wanted her to play Carmela. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, and she, she said, I've already done that. I did Goodfellas. And she liked the Dr. Melfi character better. So they, you know, they really wanted her to play Carmela, but um, she kind of, they wanted her a part of the project, you know, because remember at that time, she was the biggest actor of the group. Like she, you know, mostly everybody else really hadn't done much. So, uh, so she was the, uh, the, the kind of the draw and, um, so, but uh, I'm so glad that she was right because you know we she played Karen Hill, in uh, in Goodfellas. So uh, I thought this was a perfect role for her. So um, uh, what, what about you, Jen? Um, what did you you like, Doctor Melfi? Yes, and and okay, and not to get too meta again, but one of the things that I love about the this pilot episode is there is this patient. Uh, doctor confidentiality thing that that Tony talks about and that she definitely like you know gets right away 
And it reminds us from the very beginning that this is a secret world. And so when you frame it in this, the doctor and patient kind of confidentiality, it's like, okay, the only way that we can get to all these secrets is by hearing them this way. And I, I have to say that I thought that that was kind of a brilliant plot device so that we get to see so much of Tony that we never would have seen before. Like, okay, so what, first of all, what kind of uh, psychosis does it, does a crime boss have that's one mm -hmm. but two how does a doctor or anybody handle understanding that information and i i have to say she holds this off so well not only is she professional but she's also so no nonsense like yeah. she yeah. doesn't take his crap and that that also can you imagine how scary that might be I mean, yeah. I can't. It's got to be really. But she's just so even and so steady. So for, just from the very get-go, I feel like she was just rock solid in this role. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the issues, too, the show had was there was a very famous movie that came out not maybe a year earlier or less called Analyze This, which um, was oh, a yeah, similar. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It was a similar uh, theme where it was a mafia boss played by Robert De Niro um going to see a therapist played by billy crystal and it was a very good movie and it was a it was a hit it was just one of those things where they had a similar idea around the same time you know uh because because actually this could have been made way before i analyzed this you know so it was just one of those things uh and uh so there were some thoughts but well it was kind of done you know but uh but um you know I'm glad that that didn't keep this from happening. No, and also, you know what? Her approach to everything is so different from the Analyze This uh, approach because oh, yeah. you can really see that she, not only does she understand that there's something much bigger going on here, but she also has this kind of um, odd insider feel to everything. Like, like we know that we're going down this rabbit hole and and it's like it's like we trust her to be the guide almost more than tony which is i found that really surprising like i really looked forward in this entire series to his meetings with her because even in the pilot they are so revealing uh, which is that says a lot for a show that deals with so much other stuff that is so incredibly visceral and graphic and and yet these sessions that are so intimate i feel like we get more out of them than we get almost any place else right does that make sense oh perfect sense mm -hmm. perfect sense um and uh next week we're going to be covering uh, battlestar galactica yes and uh <laughs> her ex-husband <laughs> Uh, was the star of the show, uh, Edward James Olmos. So, oh, okay, yeah, right, so. right. So, see, we get these connections here, you know. It's Ooh, six, and six and degrees from Kevin Bacon stuff. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, Renee, uh, Doctor Milfi, um, first of all, you know what? Let's ask this question. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you've ever had therapy. You don't have to say it. Would do you think she's a good therapist? based on what you've seen in this pilot? I think so, yeah. Um, especially because um, the way he's speaking, he's not... But she says, well, what do you do? 
he's speaking in code. Even you know, it doesn't say what he doesn't say what he does. But, Waste you know, management. Yeah, <laughs> but she as soon as he starts telling something that happened, she stops him. Well, let me tell you, if you tell me the wrong thing, I'm gonna have to, you know, I'll call the police or whatever. So she's, I think she's quick and um, like, yeah, she, I think she's good at helping him deal with what he's going through and like really, really start to deal with what he's going through. Um, and, you know, she, she's a great listener, I think. And then, um, and she helps him figure out really what's what's going on in, in his in his own world like himself so yeah i i like their interactions with each other you know what's funny is um and uh jen just kind of said it a little bit is when i meet someone who is legitimately in waste management i was i always kind of <laughs> chuckle you're in the mob like really? <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know what you do. Oh right, <laughs> we, we, know. we know what you really do. Right. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> little trash problem. Maybe you can help right. me take care of this. Yeah. You're in waste management. Right. I, bet, I, bet you're, you're, you, the, I bet your trash sleeps with the fishes, right? <laughs> <laughs> How eco-friendly are you really? That's the question. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, what about you, Olav? Uh, Dr. Milfi. Doctor, you know it's so uh, Mel. I said Milfi. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, is that a Freudian? Yeah, with that. That's that. Kind of a yeah. Word, right? <laughs> you know what? She is kind of Dr. Milfi. Is that you know? on the accident? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her kid. She had a kid on the show, so yeah. She, <laughs> Uh, like Dr. Melfi, my... <laughs> like Dr. Melfi. I as it's like well, uh, as uh, as being a, a per playing a therapist, she does a good job. And it's like the, I like it's like when he first starts out, and you know he starts to talk about this guy that he was going to go talk to, and uh, yeah, we, well, we had coffee, but <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay, if uh, let's say a murder was going to happen or somebody was going to get hurt, you know, I, you know, have to, you know, call the authorities. Right. I like how she slipped in that technically. She, you know, technically, I'd have to. <laughs> right. Like, going, you're sitting there, you're sitting there talking to a mob boss, and it's like, yeah, if he says. That you're gonna, he's gonna murder somebody. You gotta tell on him. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> technically, that, I should have, it, you know. Technically, I should tell, but yeah, you know. <laughs> that's what I mean by she's so rock steady. Like, oh yeah. Like, uh, just just the way she delivers her lines is like, oh my god, right. I can't imagine. Right, right. It's like, well, exactly. When she started the end, of like, okay, let's get the ethical things out of the way first. He started when he starts talking about that, you know, getting the coffee, and right. you know, we had coffee. Uh, she's like, "Yeah, I can see that this is going to go somewhere bad." Quick. <laughs> Let's shut this down before it gets anywhere. <clears throat> That's yeah. so funny. So I, I think she, she did a really good job. Yeah, and and uh, there's another thing too I got to mention. Uh, this great actor, uh, Stephen Van Zant, mm. who um, oh yeah, he's great. Now this was his first acting role. 
Oh wow! And uh, wow. I don't know if you guys know that he was. This was not why he's famous, or why he was initially famous. He is. He was the lead guitarist. Uh, still is actually for uh, the Bruce Springsteen E Street Band. Hmm. And, um, he was. You know, he was his main dude. You know, he's a, a New Jersey legend as a uh, as a, a great. Um, as a great uh, guitarist and and singer in his own right, and uh, he deserves a lot of credit for a lot of things. I, I guess I'll get to in a minute. But um, David Chase, being from New Jersey as well, idolized Stephen Van Zandt. Um, you know, because you know Bruce Springsteen is like a god in New Jersey. Hmm. You know, and um, his initial thoughts was to Stephen Van Zandt to be Tony Soprano. Oh. He actually wanted Stephen Van Zandt as Tony Soprano, and because it was going to be more comedic, the show was going to be more comedy, and uh, and he realized that you know what, uh, he needed someone who was more had that more acting chops already, so that's why, um, you know. He, but then he made up his own character. He's the only person on that show that made their own character. His character was not initially in it. Wow. He came up with his own character, his own backstory, his own name for his character. Uh, and uh, so, so his, you know, his uh, Silvio is his creation. So, uh, and um, he deserves a lot of credit for that. And um, also just as a side note about him as a person, uh, he was, um in there you know during the apartheid um he led a group of musicians to to boycott uh performing in in um South Africa because of apartheid which really helped in um turning the tides with getting rid of um apartheid wow. so uh he's a very interesting person i actually read his book that he just put out a, uh, about a year ago it's awesome uh, his life is amazing, and he went on to, you know, have a show called Lily Hammer, where he plays a mafia guy, Sim very similar to his character, and uh, he's done a lot of great stuff with music and stuff too. But I just wanted to throw that out, and he's a fantastic character on this show, and his wife played his wife on the show, so uh, you know, oh, really, yeah, that was his actual wife on the show was his actual wife, so uh, yeah, that's which is cool. pretty cool. So, but every but everybody else. You know, those were characters that were written, and he actually um, came up with his own character and the whole, you know, whole thing. So let's let's That's talk about, about the show. Uh, this this pilot has so many great um, moments in it, and one thing I like about the pilot, um, just talking about the whole mafia part of it, is you get to see that it, the stress. Like you understand why he's so stressed out, because he has. First of all, his family is probably more stressful than the actual people trying to kill him. Like that, you know, that is eating at him more than anything. And then you have what he has to go through and meeting, and then his uncle. You know the great his <laughs> uncle, who's fantastic, Uncle Junior. Uncle Junior. Oh yeah, 
that's one of the greatest lines in TV history. He yeah. is so funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, and uh, so Uncle Junior and his mama. I mean, like, I was stressed out watching it for him. <laughs> but uh, one thing they do really well in this pilot, and I really want to go to you, Jen, first, is the metaphor with the ducks. I thought that is. Oh my so God, brilliant. I love that. Yes. So brilliant. Um, just speak on it uh, from your point of view uh, about the ducks and the significance and whatnot. I, I just think that's so brilliant. Well, uh, okay. So first thing I'm going to say is the, the is the interaction between him, the ducks, and the kids because that's the first piece that always kind of jumps out at me. Right? The kids are so uninterested in right. in in basically anything uh, that he has to offer. But the second thing is there. Uh, this is this is where I realized that this that the show is actually going to be uh, more serious, right? Because the first the, the this idea that tony soprano is is more than what we see on the surface and that his family is so important to him that he literally he jumps into the pool to feed the ducks right that it, it's a level of commitment that is so much more than you than I think you could even sort of come away with. And while anybody else would have basically said, uh, okay, everybody get out of here. You know, that's my pool and whatever. Tony <laughs> is like, they're ducks. This is, it's, it's like, these are my, these are my peeps. You know, this is, <laughs> this is how important it is. And, and this, the, the idea about when the ducks actually fly away in, in Tony's world is, you know, he's losing his family. He's losing the things that are the most important to him and nothing that he does, including feeding them, giving them attention, trying to get other people interested in, in them, keep that from happening. So it's a real representative kind of loss. Right. No, yeah, I, th I think that the whole metaphor with the ducks is brilliant, and it's a great through line for this episode. Uh, it's really brilliant uh, way, and, and the show did this uh, quite a bit with a lot of different things, uh, where these wonderful metaphors and through lines that they would have in certain episodes. It was very, very well written, um, and I just and it is like a childlike quality of him when he's looking at the ducks. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's well, that's pretty pretty cool. What, what, what's even peace. funnier? It, yeah. What's even funnier is that is that the we see this shot at some point of uh, everybody looking at him through the window at the docks, mm -hmm. right? So I mean, like the, even he, it's like he is he is so disconnected from his family that even his family is seeing them. <laughs> through the window of their own lives it's it's actually just absolutely perfectly done and you're right it sets the whole tone for the pilot and this very first season it just says everything yeah i think yeah it's really good um and so that's that's amazing part of the the first episode also I think, you know, Michael Imperioli, um, Christopher, who 
great character, fantastic him. actor. Mm. Uh, that guy is super talented person, just you know, period. Um, he's a great you know, he actually went on to become one of the writers of the show. Uh oh, he wow, wrote I didn't some, know that. So, yeah, he he was he wrote some of the really good episodes. I think he started in season three or something. Uh, and uh, he's a fantastic right because you know, uh, because at first they I remember one of the producers said, "Oh boy, when one of the actors say they have an idea for an episode, you know, you start going, you know." <laughs> but, it, but it actually turned out to be very good, and he 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 wrote some really good episodes. But um, Christopher, uh, one thing I love about the Christopher Tony relationship is, you know, Tony has a son, right? Anthony Jr., right? Mm -hmm. Right. But in a lot of ways, Christopher is really truly his son. Yeah. Yeah. And well, don't you think that he's like, especially in the first episode, don't you feel like we get the feeling that like he's the son that Tony wants? Not right. Anthony, right. because Anthony is just not what Tony wants. He keeps yeah. trying. That's just but... like my dad. That's just like my dad. My dad really wanted me to be like a popular cheerleader, you know? And I always was like, I'm not that person. Because I was a, I was into metal and all that stuff. So <laughs> I, I had big pants and I had all these little, you know, jewelry shit and he doc martens you know like i that, and he hated that you know and so i i can understand that with the character like i get it like Wait a minute, I, I see you as a cheerleader i see you as a cheerleader type boy <laughs> no <laughs> i know i was gonna say like with that scene like for me it seemed like you know if the parents are split up like this is his son the parents are split up and he's spending time with his son and then he's like, well, mom said, because I wasn't feeling good, mom said I should stay home. Like, this was his first job, and I'm excited to work, but it's not that type of job. So yeah. I <laughs> it was just, that part was funny to me. Like, I, you know, I still do what my mom says, but the type of job that he needs permission to stay home or not. <laughs> so <laughs> I just thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought, yeah, I think so too. You can, and, you, uh, you really, uh -huh. you really get the idea that Tony thinks that Tony Jr. Anthony Jr. is like is is weak. You really get that yeah. sort of, and mm. and you feel like the 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 kid, so to speak, that Tony feels like, oh yeah, you know, this is my, the, you're my, you're my real kind of kid. Uh, there's right. something about that strength which is just like. Man, you're not going to get that out of them. You're just not, yeah. and you can feel right. from the very beginning episode that this is going to be a major problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you, I mean, you, like I said, you can tell that he, that Tony wants Christopher to be his son. He'd prefer to have him, you know, because he start he's bragging about him all the time, you know, like he, you know, he was talking about, you know, he's whatever his age is. And he just paid sixty thousand dollars for a brand new Lexus, you know, when that's the car. It happened to be the car that they were, you know, driving at the time that you know. And he messed up. Three thousand dollars. It's three thousand dollars for that. That's so funny. But, but you know, um, it, it's interesting too about uh, about Christopher because the story. I don't. I'm trying to remember if it's in the pilot, but the backstory is that. Christopher's father was his mentor, 
and he died. He had an untimely death when he was younger, and he promised. He always promised that uh, he would be a mentor to his son. So he's like kind of paying it, you know, back. So he looked up to his father, uh, Gicky Montesani, which the uh, which the uh, prequel movie it centers around Christopher's father. So, um, you know, and we won't get into uh, that movie. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I say this, though, it's so funny. This is a mafia guy. This real ex-mafia guy named Michael Francis, and uh, I don't know if you guys heard of him. He was a, he's an ex-mafia boss. Now he's a YouTuber. <laughs> <Let's> just, <laughs> wow. Don't you just love it, right? It's like that's a small jump, right? And uh, so he does movie reviews of mafia m- movies and TV shows, and he, he he tells you how authentic it is. Let me find if I could pull up a, a so I could give you some visual reference. There's only reason why I'm bringing this up. Uh, yeah, that's not how you do it. You know, just hold his head and then smack him with this. <laughs> oh, Michael Francis. Uh, here he is. Uh, yeah, forget about it. Yeah, he... Okay, so he's... Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, let me put it over here. Uh... So I can I so I can at least show you what this guy looks like. So if you see him, you know you'll keep running. No, I mean uh, <laughs> no. uh, okay. This is a guy, Michael Francis, real mafia guy who's now a YouTuber, and uh, he wrote that book right there, Mafia Democracy, and that's his line, you know. And so he's reviewing the movie, uh, the the prequel movie for The Sopranos, and it's the most intentionally funny review of all time because, <laughs> because he's like serious he's like this movie made mafia people look degenerate and like they were <laughs> i'm sitting there like wait a minute i'm listening to this like he's like this made mafia people look bad he said it made people bad. and i'm sitting there like how about them murdering people makes them look bad <laughs> uh, yeah and then he goes and, he, and then he goes, this is so funny. I, I showed it to Renee. He goes, um, he says, yeah, in this movie, he's like pointing out scenes. He's like, in this movie, he's smacking around his wife. Mafia guys don't do that. Then he goes, well, I mean, I've seen a couple, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. no. So, okay, so, so in the U.S., we have The Sopranos, right? Uh-huh. In Italy... They have a show called Gamora, uh-huh. and it is—I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's you know I've it's foreign, it. so it's it's a little bit difficult if you're not willing to read subtitles or if you don't speak Italian. Uh, right. But it's excellent, absolutely. He's, he's reviewed it, by the excellent. way. Excellent. Oh, okay. Well, the the biggest difference between Gamora and The Sopranos is the number of deaths per episode, and I do mean that seriously. Like in Gamora, there are. I don't know, 15 deaths a week. Uh, and in The Sopranos, it's like, you know, you build up and you build up and there might be two or three in one episode, but it's like a big deal. Right. And I, what that's actually, I feel like I feel like I liked that about The Sopranos because even though a lot of people died in The Sopranos, um, you, and you can feel that in the pilot season, they build up to it, right? I mean, you're right. really getting kind of to know people before they get off. And I, I really did like that. I loved it a lot. All right. All right. Um, th- there's a couple of characters we have to talk about. Um, 
and that's definitely Uncle Junior. <laughs> Uncle Junior, who actually was a uh, is a opera singer. Oh wow! Um, I mean, he's acted over you know as well, but he's known mostly for his singing. He's a fantastic singer. He actually sings at one point or a couple times on the show. Um, he's fantastic, and he's still around. He's in his nineties, I believe. He still and looks great too, by the way. Uh, wow! And um, but. Uh, He's just fantastic. He is, like I said, he has some of the greatest lines. And then I think the one line he says to uh, Tony's is, You may be the boss in New Jersey, but you ain't the boss of me. (laughs) 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 Uh, You know, I just love this guy, man. He's such a great character. And, um, you know, I don't want to get to the uh, non pilot, but, you know, just it's really sad how his character. You know, ends up on the show, but uh, fantastic character, uh, Uncle Junior, and he's great in this, and um, uh, you know, just uh, remarkable. Um, but uh, but you know, we're running out of time, so I we have to, you know, I didn't forget. <laughs> you guys are wondering that how can I not the the main lady right there. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you know, played by the great Nancy Marchand, who is just amazing. Every time she's on the screen, she is remarkable. She's funny as heck. And she's just a handful and a half. And uh, we'll start off with you, uh, Jen. Just your th- thoughts of, uh, of her. So, uh, you know, I'm actually going to leave it to Tori and Renee and Olaf to provide most of the backstory here. But I got to say that this is one of my most favorite characters for so many reasons. One, mm. one, she is so authentically exactly who she is. Like, you know how sometimes you see a character on screen and you're like, oh, you know, yeah, okay, they're kind of this way. Every time she nails this, th- she nails being this character every single time. Like there is nothing that she does. Every movement, every every motion is so perfect. I, I really, um, I feel like in this particular case, other than Tony Soprano, this is one of the most perfect casting choices that the Sopranos made all together. And and also it makes it really difficult to not like what you see on screen, despite the fact that it's terrible. Right. You know what I mean? Like I hate it, but I super love it. Like I look forward to seeing it every single time. And she was like dying the whole time. Right. Uh, yeah, that was the other thing. Like yes. legit. Like she and you know she died after the second season. Uh, uh, Nancy Marchand did, but she was remarkable. She wanted to work. Uh, apparently they knew after the first season that um, she wasn't going to have much beyond the planet much longer. So they were going to kill her off at the end of the first season. And what happened was um, she wanted to keep working until she couldn't no more. So they allowed her to stay on as long as she could. Because she didn't want to just go, you know, off somewhere and just, you know, die so that's why she was even in the second season was because she just wanted to keep working that's so, so crazy yeah Aww. yeah so uh so what about you renee what is your take on uh mama soprano i like her character i think 
think she's funny. She's stern. You know, she's whatever. She's going to say what she feels, what she thinks, no matter what. And I like um, when she's supposed to go to the party, but I can't remember why. But she's, you know, she wants to make him feel bad. He's already going through all this stress and stuff, and she's not helping. <laughs> not at and all. Then he, yeah, so he gets frustrated with her, like, so quick. But it's just like she doesn't care. She's going to be her, and he just has to deal with it. You can tell that he loves her, so, you know, he's he's going to deal with it. He's just like, okay. But he'll leave when he needs to, but he'll still, you know, make sure, come take, he'll still come to take care of her, so. I, 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 lo I love the dynamic between the two of them, because you can feel, like, years and years and years of her just being, uh, of heaping guilt on him, and it <laughs> yeah. works. I mean, it's not just yeah. that, oh, you know, I'm going to be, like, woke about this, and I'm going to be like, yeah, you know, your guilt doesn't affect me at all. No! Right. It absolutely turns him into a five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's part of the reason why he's in um therapy. He's in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He picks up his marbles and goes home. Part. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I, of course, I like it. You know, with the with her, uh, you know, she, like as soon as he walks in the door, did you lock the door? Did you do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> he, he didn't lock the door, and he turned around, went back, and locked it. You know, okay. And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, well, I don't drive, or I don't do this, and I don't do that. He, you know, puts out that CD player that he brought her, and she's like, oh, oh, "Let me alone! Let me alone! Stop it!" And he tries to get her to dance, and because uh, right before he was trying to get her to dance, she said something about, "I uh, forget which." What do you know? He calls his mother every day again. Paul, I was like, "Paul, yeah. <laughs> And then, like, the last thing is, uh, you know, and then she was talking about, uh, uh, well, Tony was saying, you know, hey, well, when Pop died, you said you were going to go travel and do this and do that, and you haven't done none of that. You need to get out and go do something. And, and like, she's like, well, he was such a saint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he was a monster, too. Was... Uh, <laughs> the last thing she says to him when he walks out the door, that's like, uh, oh. You know, she didn't go to the she didn't go to the party because uh, she doesn't drive when it's going to rain. If yeah. she's going to rain, she won't drive. She won't and, drive. and he's like, "Oh, it's, oh do it." She, he said, "You're you're still good. You need to get out there and drive." But walks out the door, <laughs> and he said, and last thing she says to him as she's walking out is like, "When daughters treat their mothers better than sons, <laughs> <do."> <laughs> she more guilt on top of him." Yeah, there we go. Love it, man. You know, you know what's you know what's also funny about this relationship. The thing that's really funny is that it, nobody brings Tony lower than his mom, mm -hmm. and and it's like nobody. Tony does not take crap from anybody ever, anytime. Nobody brings Tony low, or you suffer like severe consequences, right? But his mom has this way of with like one sentence just absolutely cutting him all the way down and it's weird because in a in a way it sort of gives us this empathy toward tony soprano that i don't know if we would have had otherwise it just like it actually it really feels like oh my god this poor guy was just tortured as a kid oh yeah um one of the things that kind of the catalyst for all of this is the fact that he's having these panic attacks mm -hmm. and um you know obviously we've we've gone through his life i mean he has stress on all different angles you know even when he goes home 
that's supposed to be the place where there's no stress and there's stress. And uh, so, of course, eventually he's not in great health. You know, uh, he's uh, he eats, you know, he, I mean, he doesn't eat very well. You know, I mean, he eats well, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I don't think he eats very uh, healthy, I should say. Lasagna is not healthy. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's great. It tastes great, but it's not. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm, I was taught that lasagna was part of the four major food groups, so... Yeah, in all wow. in one all in one dish though you know all in one dish right? <laughs> well and 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 also let's let's be honest okay i don't know if it's the lasagna i think it's the amount of wine that they drink with the lasagna that's actually yeah, yeah. they have to be wasted by the time they leave they <laughs> see here we are talking about the sopranos pilot and we're still talking about food i mean this yeah. is like a, this is a serious problem <laughs> <laughs> We're all hungry. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like I said, don't watch that show on an empty stomach. <laughs> um, there's so much more to talk about with the show. Um, uh, obviously, uh, the 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 original Versailles rest uh, Versuvio. I'm sorry, restaurant. Uh, them blowing it up. Uh, you know, we could talk about that. We could talk about so much more, but. Um, uh, it's just, I have to say, this show is remarkable. It's it's a fantastic show. If you guys haven't seen it uh, out there, make sure you you check it out. It's definitely good. But I will tell you a story before we say goodbye. Um, I think Renee's probably heard this story before. So this is actually not about the pilot. It's about the finale, right? So I was hanging out with a friend of mine uh, some months ago and they were in town and we were going to this restaurant. So I'm driving and there was only one parking spot that was available because it was like on a, a regular street, right? A side street. And there was like a pile of leaves there. So I was saying to them, you know what? I can't. I, I'm not going to park there because there's a pile of leaves. I'll park, you know, a little bit up. And they were, they looked at me and they were like, why, why, why can't you park on a pile of leaves? And I said, your car will catch on fire. It could possibly catch on fire. And they were like, uh, what? Like, that sounds crazy. And I said, you never watched the Sopranos? <laughs> and uh, they was like, no, like in the finale, AJ was, making out with his girlfriend and the car catches on fire and they they run out of the uh they run out of the um the car and the car basically blows up <laughs> and, and they were like what and then i showed him the clip on yeah. youtube and he was still like that's a tv show i've that's seen it happen in person it's real <laughs> <laughs> i would never park a leak so then i did so i bet them I bet them 50 cent. And I said, Google it. I said, I'll let you Google it. So the person Googles it and it says, you know, essentially that it's true. And then it says, uh, but there's some line about the leaves being flammable. And he said, oh, but it says the leaves has to be flammable. I'm like, 
if they're dry, <laughs> if they're dry, they're flammable. Thank right. You. <laughs> you mean, oh, you mean leaves that are just happen to be doused like in gasoline? gasoline. <laughs> that happens all the time. All the right. Time. <laughs> but uh, he, he didn't believe me that because uh, I never heard that until The Sopranos. Uh, until that episode of The Sopranos where I was like, is that a real thing? I didn't know. Oh, yeah. but, I've seen it. I've but, seen it happen. I tell you though, <laughs> it shows you how how important how powerful TV shows and movies can be. Because yes. after that, I never park on <laughs> no leaves. Right. Because so, I'm sitting there like, yeah. So can yeah, that's, can, I mean that 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 can actually happen. It's like there are different times I've pulled my van into the end of the yard to unload something in the front door, and you know I go back out and move the van. There's a brown spot underneath the where the engine was at in the grass, like mm. Mm -hmm. just cook so the grass. Can, can we, can we just all each say at least one line that we absolutely love from the Sopranos? Oh, I, I know this is just that. pilot season, but I, I, I gotta say my favorite line in the Sopranos is when Tony Soprano is sitting with uh, the doctor and he says, they say every day is a gift, but, does it have to be a pair of socks? <laughs> <laughs> and I just freaking love that line so much because one, man, I feel that. But two, it is just so perfectly Tony Soprano. Like, man, I mean, okay, yeah, I'll find all, I'll begrudgingly see the bright side of something, but God, does it have to be this? I just, I just love it. <laughs> just love it. Oh man, that, that's a great one. Um, uh let's see uh not just from the pilot you're talking about from the show all together yeah just from the show all together because i feel like there's so many awesome lines like didn't oh, okay. he say didn't he say once something about uh you know and, and this feels so tony soprano too something about um you know hey in the end your friends are gonna let you down and i feel like he actually said that to aj right didn't he? he? Did I think he said yeah, it to he AJ. And I it, think so. And it was like right. such a it that was such a moment. Like what man, this guy, he just he doesn't trust anybody. He just he doesn't feel that sense of walk the line with anybody. That's sad. That was so sad. Uh one of my favorite lines is uh oh poor baby, what do you want? A uh, Whitman sampler? <laughs> well, well, yes, actually, if your hands are yeah, we've been sampling. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, when I when I watched it, uh, the rewatch, and I saw that when they said that when he, when he said that, I died laughing. <laughs> I don't know about the whole, uh, the, you know, all the different seasons, but it's like out of the pilot, uh, you know, I don't know. I think probably the was like the one one line that I liked uh, liked a lot was when Tony's mom was talking about, I don't want to go to that nursing home. All this is a bunch of old women sitting around chairs, just in the wheelchairs, just babbling like idiots. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, that's is, is, isn't that when Tony told her that it was like a retirement community? Yeah, yeah. it's a retirement community. Oh my god, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> oh god, that was crazy. Yeah. Or, uh, or oh, Uncle Junior says, uh, 
he goes, the federal marshals are so far up my ass, I can taste brill cream. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny? Okay, you know what's funny about that? Only people over a certain age would actually even get that. Do you even know what brill cream is? That to me is like that's such a perfect line for him to say. I get no, I have no idea what that I have no idea what that means. I don't know what brill cream is. No idea. I'm not old enough to know what that is. Sadly <laughs> enough, I get it. Yeah, that, that is pretty bad when you when you uh, get to a certain age. When you get you, uh, it. <laughs> well, you know, it's like talking about that with a certain age. You know, that's like the, the, the old thing. The other thing is, you know, with the, you know, when you're, it's like you're, you reach a certain age and the check engine light just comes on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I've not reached that age yet, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, Tori, how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? Okay, well, you can get me on this show every Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wednesday, so yeah. that changed. I had, I, you know, I had to remember. Okay, and then you can get me on my show on Friday nights on my. On my Facebook, I do it live, and we also record it to YouTube. So I check out my YouTube channel. That's the Infectious Geek Official. And then uh, I also am on a show called Potluck, Movie Potluck, and we review movies and we pair them with food, and it's great. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. And uh, let's go with you, Jen. How can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? Well, you can find me at the aforementioned podcast, which is the movie Potluck, and it is a ton of fun. And in fact, this week, I think we're doing classic literature adaptations. So if you're uh, uh, one of those people that loves that kind of stuff, hey, join us, and I promise it's going to be fun. I even made food for this episode, so it's going to be Oh, really wow. Cool. Yeah, right. I'm super excited. Uh, <laughs> and you can also find me at my blog, moviesandmeals.com. All right, all right. Uh, and Renee, how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? Well, here, of course, now every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And then uh, social media, RDC Art by Design, or my pencil writes. All right. Did anyone ever tell you you have a beautiful smile? Oh. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> You're the first. Well, let, me, let me be the first. <laughs> me okay, Renee. It. Ask him, what do you want? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, let me hold uh, $50. <laughs> <laughs> Olaf, how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? Uh, well, on Wednesday nights now on here, of course, but uh, you can follow me on uh, on Facebook, but you know, just don't follow too close because I do get nervous and I do have an itchy trick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did it too fast. My bad. I did. <laughs> you know, my, my 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 trigger finger got real itchy. So you were too bad. close. You were See, too close. Uh, <laughs> now, that, now, Kenty, I just don't understand why you thought I would be like the you know Tony Soprano type. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you know what? Maybe I should have had a Tommy gun for tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can and give me. Kente, what about you? 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can give me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. Of course, the website is theindyradio.com. That's the, the I N D I N D Y radio.com. I don't need Do I need to spell the T H E I N D Y? You know, uh, next week. Wait, how do you spell dot com? Next week we will be reviewing um uh Battlestar Galactica. Yay! So, uh which if you guys are not familiar, it's a terrific show. Uh no, oh, we're talking about the newer one, not the uh 1960s uh one. But you know what I might do? I might so watch not, not Dirk. What was his name? Right. Dirk something. Dirk Benedict. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Benedict. There we go. Dirk Diggler. Uh I might uh. Watch, <laughs> I, I might watch the old one too, just you know, to see the pilot, see if there's any connection there. Uh I mean, I'm just doing that. If you guys want to do it, knock yourself out. But with that said, uh, we'll see you next time and have a great rest of your week. And God bless you. Thanks for watching. Bye.